30% of the U.S. population has an STD. Over half of the population has had sex before graduating high school. 90% of young men have seen porn before they reach adulthood. A war is raging. And our future men are falling left and right. Men who God has created to be fathers and leaders and faithful husbands are walking through a minefield every day and not many are making it through. And on top of all of that, our men are walking into the dating realm without a guide, without a map. And as a result, they let feelings and emotions guide their decisions. They fall head over heels and land on their brains and they don't make it to the next foxhole. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three through six. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. Let us heed the warning clearly and fight well. Welcome to No Man's Land, the reform man's guide to Christian dating. I, I know a few couples who have made it, who have made it across um, the foxholes. All the way across? Uh, I mean, I think so. Across I, I, no man's land. I think I know one couple who made it. Um, they didn't, but see, they they didn't even kiss until their wedding. Nice. They like they they held off all that eros. So weird, right? Freaks. That's <laughs> that's exactly Freak show. Like at Freak the time, uh, yeah, that's exactly how it was responded to. It was like you guys didn't even kiss until your wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not for me, but I guess somebody should do it. Yeah. Do they have any kids now? They do, in fact. So. <laughs> plenty of kissing since then plenty of it actually you know what now that i think about it i knew i know two couples that did that yeah that did the no the no schmooches until the i do's were said makes perfect sense though I mean, if you think I about it think of uh, some biblical passages since we're in in uh, the land of proof texting down here in south louisiana <laughs> what does solomon say do not stir it up before the time yep do not awaken love before it is proper. Mm-hmm. He's talking about eros, mm-hmm. romantic love. It makes sense. Chemistry. It makes sense. But I definitely, I, I could think, you know, to a time in my life when I thought that was alien. You didn't even kiss her before you got married? Right. That's stupid. Conveniently. <laughs> right. I mean, can you really trust your brain when there's that at stake? No. I've searched the scriptures thoroughly, and I have come to a logical, <laughs> rational, objective decision. Absolutely. That I should kiss her before I'm married. <laughs> this is not influenced by my personal desires or wants. I have nothing at stake here. Whatsoever. <laughs> and anyone who says otherwise is a freak. <laughs> oh, man. That's true, though. That's very true. Yeah, I know two couples. One of them has five kids. No, six kids. Now. Oh, yeah. They, they put it off, and now they have six children. Hey, look, it, this is, and we're going to get to shows about this particular topic, but this is why you don't want to have a long engagement. Preach. I know people who moved up their engagement because, you know. Hey, sounds biblical to me. It's getting a little spicy. That's right, but that's a little bit of what we're talking about today. Okay, all and right. today's topic, what is Christian dating? Mm, what is Christian dating? What is Christian dating? 
I wonder though. We defined dating a few episodes ago. Yes, dating, worldly dating. We talked about that last time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but today mm -hmm. we're going to talk about what is Christian dating. What is Christian dating? Do you think we need our own word? I wish we had our own word. We need our own dictionary. We need our own word. Let's crating create the word right now on Christian the spot. dating crating. No, that would be well. Mark sounds... Driscoll famously came up with dorting, which is courting and dating. Dorting. Well, that's dort though. Isn't that where that came from? Dort University? I don't know if there's any connection to that. Oh, okay. Okay, I got it. Christian dating. It's like Christian hedonism. Except. We take something that's terrible and we put <laughs> Christian in front of it. Or Christian rock. Stop. No, we're making a bad turn here. We're going the wrong direction. Yo, what is Christian dating, for lack of a common term? It is a supervised period of time. Stop. Supervised. Yes. That's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah, we are what all mean, in supervised? covenant. We're in covenant with the church and with families and the state, and we do have authorities over us that God has given us. And Jesus rules over us by those authorities, by and large. Mm. And so, yes, yeah, supervised. We're not autonomous, mm. right? Or at least we, we shouldn't be. Mm. A supervised, nope. and we'll speak uh, specifically about that in later episodes. Right. But, yes, it's a supervised period of time wherein, through a series of events— you pray and discuss, and you got to work on discussion. We have That's a lot true. to talk about as far as it comes to transparent communication. And you are discussing and praying to determine compatibility for marriage mm. without mm. unnecessarily stirring up romance. Eros. Too soon. That's the, right. The pre-Eros era. That's right. I want a shirt that says that. We are establishing and we are communicating a system for the young Christian man to go from single to married with his testimony intact. Mm, amen. amen. And his testicles. That's right. That's my job on this podcast. That's the part you're supposed to say. I just say that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so here we have a list of things. What is the contrast? What is the difference? What is the distinction? What is Christian dating as mm. opposed to non-Christian dating? Now, last time we went into the system of non-Christian secular dating and what it leads to. Right. This time we're going to do an overview of this um, Christian dating program. Right. In later episodes, we're going to flesh this out, but this is just an overview today. Right. So you can get the, you know, get the big picture first. Amen. Sounds good. So we got a few things. You want to do these in turn? I go one, you go two. All right. You want to swap around and do it that way? Back and forth. First of all, Christian dating provides no occasion for the flesh. Full stop. No occasion. Not optional. That passage sounds familiar. Mm. Sounds mm. like something Paul might have said. <laughs> it doesn't set the mood. It doesn't set the stage for romance. You don't turn play. the lights down. No dimming of the lights. You don't make sure nobody else is home. Mm -mm. No socks on doorknobs. In, in no socks. No, it's not sexually intimate. That's right. You're just if you're going out. to go for a walk, you go for a midday walk <laughs> in the 95 degree summer sun <laughs> around the public park. Not a moonlight stroll. We want to grow in grace, right? Amen. You know, the fastest way to grow in grace is to not walk down the beach in the moonlight, <laughs> right? <laughs> With someone you're trying to not cultivate eros love before the time. Amen. Don't take your shirt off. <laughs> right. Don't hire a team of, of a dozen swans to oh my swirl gosh. about you in Don't your take canoe. Your shirt off. It's a 
<laughs> a notebook reference. <laughs> Keep the shirt on, dude. Keep the shirt on. Oh, man. That's a Maybe a little picnic after church on the Lord's Day at the park with your friends and family. Look hey, at that. How about that? You can get to know each other real well. That's right. You can work on that relational intimacy and that friendship mm. with accountability and with, uh, with uh, a lot of grace. You know, there's more grace in the front seat than the back seat. Oh, I want that on a t-shirt too. That's why we stay in the front seat. Amen. We're not trying to cultivate occasions for the flesh. Amen. Very Amen. simple. Very simple. Amen. Number two. Number two. This is a big one. I think we should point out. Mm. This is where a lot of people stumble up. It only starts after somebody's eligible for marriage. You, wow. You don't, you don't open the Eros can when you got no options mm-hmm. to cleave. Yeah. And you, you, why would you, you don't even why would you, you don't even enter into any discussions with an eligible girl? Heck no. If you're not ready to be married, heck no. What? what why? Why? What are you gonna do, Mom? Can you take us to the park later? Yeah. Mom. If you are financially dependent on your parents, <laughs> if they cook your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner and do your laundry for you and clean your toilet, then you <laughs> pay your rent. Then you're not ready. And wipe your boo boo. <laughs> I mean, it's very simple. What is a man called to do in the book of Genesis? He is to leave. Before he cleaves. Then cleave. There's an order to it. That's right. You leave. So if you're 35 and you're still living with mom, you're not ready. Yikes. Yeah, you're not, you're not marriage You're material. not even a man yet. You're not yeah. even close. You got to leave, then cleave. And if there's any ladies listening to this, which I highly doubt, but if there are, Hopefully per chance, not. you do not want to get into a dating relationship of any sort. With a man who hasn't left his mommy. Well, he has no he has no self control. He has no bil- He has no mission. He has no ability to build on his own. He's he's passive. No, te- there's been no testing. No, what's he gonna do? And women look for that. Women are looking for a man who's proven, who is independent, Absolutely. who can govern himself, who has self control, who has a mission and a trajectory. I mean, yes, that's attractive. If, I mean, think how many boxes are checked off if the guy's, you know. Employed. Employed. <laughs> and paying his own bills. And right. maintenancing his own house. Yeah. So like as a, so as a father, you know, I have daughters. As a father, if some guy came up to me and he said, Hey, I'd like to marry your daughter, and he, he didn't have a job, or his his bills were still being paid by his parents, or something along those lines, then my answer would be, You're not ready yet. You haven't with, proven with a, yourself. You, there'd be some laughter. You'd be like, hello, what, what are you thinking, son? You what, <laughs> how would you even, what would you do? Hey, let me pastor you. Yeah, you don't got a clue. Tell you what, get a job, come back in two years, we could talk again. Yeah. Now, Figure there's some other things that make him eligible for marriage as well. What? They could have a job, make a ton of money, and, and still not be marriage material. Mm, yep, it's very true. Well, they might have a life-altering, life-threatening STD. Red flag. Seeing that. Not eligible. Not eligible. It's sad, but it's they're not eligible. Right. They might not have the biological equipment for marriage. Not eligible. That's right. And God has grace for that. God has grace for that situation, but that situation does happen, and they may not be eligible. Mm-hmm. There may be certain things they're dealing with that they haven't yet mastered, making right. them no longer marriage material. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. to be asked. And that's why you want to make sure you have a good system so that you don't fall head over heels, hit your brain, mm-hmm. and get into a relationship with someone who's really not eligible for marriage. Right, right. Talk about heartbreak. No kidding. And you wouldn't find out until, well... Too late. Right. That's why you need this system. Amen. Absolutely. Number three, the man seeks approval of the father 
after he has already hoodwinked the father's daughter into romantic intimacy so that the father doesn't actually have any say in the matter. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. No, Wrong. The man seeks uh-huh. approval of the father before. Before. When that, sh- that also means that dads need to, you know, man up a little bit here and be brave and say no. Absolutely. doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it. But it does mean that dad has the license to say, mm, that's right. Well, and it helps if you've raised your daughter well. Mm-hmm. And then by the time she gets to that age and you do have to say no, you've already, you've got enough, uh, account, you've got enough credibility in the bank. Mm-hmm. You can write that check. Right. And it won't bounce. Right. That's so right. She trusts you. Mm-hmm. You haven't been an absentee jerk of a dad. Right. 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 An irresponsible jerk of a dad for 20 years. And now you're flying in helicopter and in. Right. To save the day. Right. No, right. you got to have enough credibility and authority and uh, masculinity in that bank so you can write this check. Amen. And if you've raised the daughter well, she's going to be like, well, if my dad has a problem with it, I've got a problem with it. Because, you know, me and my dad are very similar. We're both Christians, but he has more testosterone. And that's why I trust his vision and his, his view on these things. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this whole system is under the accountability of parents throughout. Right? Mm-hmm. Not after feelings are formed. No. Before there is accountability, the father is in consultation with the daughter. This is not a replay of Father of the Bride. No. no it's not no. that. The father, though, he's not a, a uh, tyrant. Now, I'm, I have done this in real life. Mm. I have a 22-year-old daughter. I am mm. 45 years old. And I've, I've done this in real life. And you consult with the daughter. And many times she will say to me, there's going to be a guy who's going to call you. And the answer is no. <laughs> because so what do you say in those phone calls? Dude calls you. What do you say? How do I, you handle it? I try, to, um, I try to let him down as easy as I can. But I try to encourage him not to ask me why. <laughs> and, and, and not to ask my daughter why either. Mm. He mm. shouldn't put that on her. Right. 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 He doesn't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons, you know, but, um, you know, there could be timing reasons. There could be geographical region reasons. Mm. There could be, I mean, just simply she's not interested reasons. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough, but, but when you're in consultation with your daughter and you have a good relationship, she can just say no. And of course that makes your job a lot easier than if she says, I think this one's a yes. Because mm. if she says, I think this one's a yes, well then you need to consider him. You need to meet with him. You need to consider eligibility. Mm-hmm. You need to, if mm-hmm. he, deter- if he, it turns out he's marriage material, you got to begin to set the boundaries, you know? Right. How long is this going to go on for? Mm-hmm. Are we going to revisit this in six months? Because how long does it take to determine compatibility right. anyway? Right. And where can you go and, and where can you not go? And what are the, the expectations? You know, how, shor- how short or long of a leash can you let this guy be on who's with your, <laughs> your right. virgin, chaste, Christian daughter that you want to give away in a beautiful white dress right. on that day? Right, right. And uh, you're not a jerk, you know. You're not some uh, tyrannical patriarch. Mm-hmm. You're a nice guy, but mm-hmm. you you expect him to understand the authority structure of the family. Mm. And I mean, you're. It's not hard when you have a church filled with biblical Christian young men. Mm-hmm. It is hard when you when you don't have that, though. Right, right. So dads need to raise their sons as well as their daughters. Yes, please. It means both things. Yes, hundred percent. All right, number four. 
this has a stated purpose. It has an actual purpose. It's not just wandering off in a direction. Let's see what happens. Free spirited. Well, we don't know. Mm-mm. Let's just see where the romance takes us. There is a telos to this relationship. Mm. It has an eschatological end, and it's not apocalyptic. <laughs> It's victorious and fruitful. But there is a point. There's a point. You're headed somewhere. That's right. You're going in a direction. That's right. We're Christians. We believe in linear history, Mm -hmm. not cyclical history like the uh, casual daters of the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a a serious issue. The the dating has a purpose, and the purpose is marriage to consider compatibility for marriage. Mm In a normal dating relationship, to mention marriage, to mention commitment, well, kills the vibe. Ugh. I don't want to think about settling down. Yeah, I was well, just hoping to have somebody to knock boots with. What's yeah. wrong with that? Well, that person needs to be on the other side of the walls of Jericho from you. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Amen. Number five, to determine compatibility. That's the point of this whole thing, mm. to determine compatibility for marriage. We want to be equally yoked. The mm. yoke needs to have an ox and a female ox, <laughs> right? And it pulls straight. That way it can pull straight. Mm. You can produce produce a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. Amen. But if you have an ox and a zebra, it's not compatible. <laughs> or just an ox and a weak ox. Ugh, yeah. Pulling sideways. Dragging slowly behind. That ain't going to work. Yeah, you're going to need to discuss real issues, work on that transparent, open, truthful, honest discussion. That's good to work on relational intimacy. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can work on even if they you don't get married to them mm-hmm. because they're your sister in Christ. Mm. So you can work on something you that even if it doesn't work out, you're great friends. That's right. Because Easy. exactly. You work on those things. You discuss real issues. Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of issues would you want to know if you're a man about this girl during this time of discovery? Oh, I'd have lots of Bible questions for her. Yeah. I'd want to know what her family is like. I'd yeah. want to know what kind of environment she was raised in. Um, what, what are her, does her dad have a mission already that she's like fully invested in? Or yeah, really, does she love her dad or hate him? Oh yeah. Like, right. are they, do they have a good operating relationship? You know, yeah, all what this. does she think the purpose of marriage is? How about that? Yeah, that'd be a does good question. she want to have children? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, how many children? If she says anything under than 12, will that be okay? Nah, nah it doesn't count. You know, 12 ideally, <laughs> that's how many disciples Jesus had. But you know, I'm just, te- I'm just teasing. But you want to know those kind of things, right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We're going to have a whole show on this in the, in the future, but you want to ask questions to determine compatibility. Mm-hmm. You want to know the views on money, right? Oh, yeah. Where do they want to live? Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of uh, housing situation do they have? Do they have a, a ton of debt? If this person's a million dollars in debt, you need to know that before you fall in love with them. <laughs> right? That's a question you got to ask. You need to know, are they marriage material? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Can they consummate the marriage? Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of particular struggles have they had in the past? Mm-hmm. You know, what's their health? Mm-hmm. These are all things you want to talk about and discuss. And mm-hmm. of course, you're not going to bring these things up on the first date. Don't be a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, it's man. at appropriate. There's an times, appropriate time. That's right. But this this time has a purpose, mm-hmm. and the two of you are entering to the into this time seriously with a purpose in mind, and you expect to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. You expect mm-hmm. to talk about stuff. Are you, you know, a Calvinist? Well, we're talking about covenant for the rest of your life, right? So you need to talk about it. You yeah. have to have these conversations. Yeah, you're going to accidentally get married to an Arminian. <laughs> Before converting her, right? Excuse me, excuse me. I need to. Uh, what is your uh, eschatological view? Yeah, excuse what me. we're looking for is excuse a strong me. Calvinistic post mill theonomic <laughs> Christendom building 
life giver and helpmate. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's good. Man. Look, you find one of those young men out there. You find one of those. You better scoop that up. Marry her tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> Not a lot of that out there. Oh, man. And number six. Is that you or me? It, this is me. Go so this is actually a big deal. And I think it gets overlooked a lot of times. But you need a lot of feedback. You need a lot of counsel from parents, from family members, from friends, your, your church, obviously, your pastor. You need to invite their opinions. That's right. Into this situation. That's right. You have to. We don't anymore, though. Yeah. We, we want to make decisions on an island. And then we do this thing called counselor shopping. When we call it seeking counsel, you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen this before? That's where we ask all of our friends younger than us and who uh, have something to lose if they were to tell us the truth, <laughs> their opinion on the matter. Right, right. And then, <laughs> and then if they tell us something that we don't like, we go find a few more people. Well, yeah. Well, I got counsel. And what I actually mean is I talked to seven people and I found one that told me what I wanted to hear. That would confirm my previously held biases mm -hmm. that I concluded after having fallen head over heels. That's right. Mm. Yeah. No, we, you need your church community involved. You need your friends, you need your, your parents involved. You want counsel with a multitude of counselors are the plans established. That's right. That's what the Bible says. That's right. Number seven. You want there to be talking and communication and friendship cultivated, that phileo love, mm -hmm. that brotherly love, that sort of love that is appropriate between a brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what makes for a happy marriage. Amen. Be Eros friends. love is going to wax and wane, but being friends, that's forever. That's forever. My wife and I are friends. Friends are friends. <laughs> As the great Don't philosopher said, friends are friends again. forever Don't with ever. the Lord. Don't ever do that again. The Lord of them. That's, I'm... That's right. That's banned from this podcast. No one even forward. knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. But it is true, though. Like, we, you need friends. You need friendship in a marriage. If you're not friends with your spouse. Thankfully, oh, we had people that were speaking into our lives um, whenever we were very early on in our relationship, and they stressed that importance. That's right. They were like, you need to be friends. You need to be friends with your spouse. Yeah, so cultivate that friendship through transparent, open, honest, vulnerable, mm -hmm. giving communication. Amen. And we have a whole podcast coming on the kind of communication you want to be engaged in during this time of discussion and discovery. Um, but we'll be getting that, uh, getting to that later. Amen. Amen. Um, number eight, breakups happen because of worldview issues, because of disapproving parents, because of unfaithfulness, because of immaturity, all that kind of stuff. Not because the chemistry, the chemistry waxes and wanes, not because of emotions. You don't, you don't just say, I'm not feeling it anymore. No, no. When, when you find out that the person has worldview problems, mm -hmm. you find out, well, they're actually okay with abortion, for example. Oh, okay. We're done. Okay, we're done. We're out and here. And you don't continue on with it. Right. You love them as a, a sister in Christ. You pray for them and you, and you work towards their repentance, but they're no longer marriage material for you. <laughs> you right? find out they're a Democrat. Yeah, it's done. It's over. <laughs> Abort. Yeah, or Run. some or some sort of a blindly approving Republican, even mm. some sort of strange blindly approving. Com you go over to their Republican. house and they take out their MAGA hat in an unironic way. Yeah. Uh oh. And they have a George <laughs> W. T-shirt. There were there were weapons. No, no. You want someone objective, right? Someone right. who who is right. uh, who is. I'm compatible with you. That's right. Number nine, the heart is protected by waiting for 
one romance for life. This particular season protects the heart so mm. that you can have one romance mm. for mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number 10. The conscience is more easily kept pure, not scared or hardened. Not scarred. Oh, my bad. I misspelled it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're not reading these. Yeah, yeah, that's We're right. We're coming the, up with the these on the fly. The conscience <laughs> is going to be, it's not going to be scarred <laughs> through perpetual fornication. Mm. Right. All of this is going to be based in commitment to the Lord. When you enter into your marriage, you're not going to have baggage. This is why this is a system that we all need. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is not something you go FBO with. You don't need to announce it to the general public. <laughs> you don't got to change your status no, on no. Facebook. You're just it's complicated. into a little time, a little season of discovery, working on relational intimacy and mm-hmm. conversation in a supervised way to determine compatibility. Mm-hmm. And you might do this two or three times before you meet the one. Right. Or you may only do it one time. That's Who right. Knows? But if it's going well, okay, if it's going well, this is just an overview. If it's mm-hmm. going well, romance is going to start to be kindled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. goal is mm-hmm. to time your engagement and your marriage appropriately. That's right. Right. Don't wait. Don't wait too long. That's right. It's going to be problems if you wait too That's long. That's right. And, and this is going to be a little different for different people. If you grew up in the same church, you're not mm-hmm. going to need as much time as others. But generally, right. you need a season of time to discover compatibility, supervised and controlled. And then if things are going well, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have phileo love, Mm -hmm. agape love, Mm -hmm. romantic love is Mm -hmm. going to start to be kindled and you're going to get that engagement and you're going to get that marriage and on to beautiful... (laughs) Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. (laughs) So let's, let's say this, let's say this. Let's put some numbers down just to help people. Sure. Right. So if folks are listening to this podcast... And all they hear is a duration of time. Well, let's let's try and think about this for a second. Let's put some hard numbers down. So you meet somebody. How long is too long? Well, are they a stranger or you've grown up with them in in the same Christian school and church? Let's let's say let's say this is a let's say best case scenario. You met this person. You've grown up with them. School church. Let's yeah, say if that. you've grown best up with scenario. them, you know them. You know their family. There's not a lot to discover there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking five or six months of discussion. Engaged. Yeah, get engaged. Done. And short engagements. Not yeah. not these long, drawn out, two year. No, three no year engagement. Nonsense. Enough time to to plan the wedding and invite the friends and family. And let everybody get it on their calendars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is a family ordinance. So the standard of the world right now is like a year, two year engagement. Yeah, and then break it off and do that over and over again. Right. That's not good. That's not helpful. It doesn't have to be. If you don't know the person, you know, if it's a stranger, you might need a little bit more. You might need a year of intentional um, discovery and discussion. Mm-hmm. You want to talk to their friends, their family, their parents, their pastors. You, you, you know, this is a big decision to make. Right. But ideally, you're going to know the person to some degree before you enter into this. But even then, engagement terms still quick. Right. Yeah. There, there's no reason to have an, a long engagement. That's mm. for the wedding, planning the wedding. Right. You know, you're done. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of the, what is this podcast called again? No Man's Land. No Man's Land podcast. Thank you all again for coming in. We hope to see you all in our next episode.